Hi there, grief growers, and thank you so much for joining me on coming back today. I'm taking a break from full-length podcasting right now and gearing up for season five of Coming Back, which premieres on January 2nd, 2019. But in the meantime, I wanted to share with you a few insights and stories from my life after loss. Normally for these in the meantime episodes, I'm sharing bonus clips from the previous season's guests, but this season you got everything that I had from all of our bereavement cruise presenters that'll be joining me on the cruise in March. So for this in the meantime podcast break, I'll be sharing with you some memories and stories about my own grief experience, and I do hope they resonate with you in some way. So today is a weird day because for the very first time I am podcasting on a grief anniversary. The date itself has landed on a Wednesday. And so this episode is coming out on a day that is notoriously hard for me. And this is not the day that my mom died. We'll get to that episode next week. But today is the day my mom decided to die. And that was almost as big, comparably, in my book. Um, So for this week's episode, I want to share with you kind of the way I remember that day a little bit, but more something really cool that happened afterwards that has reframed how I choose to spend this day in the aftermath of her loss. So five years ago today, on December 19th, 2013, my parents got a call from Duke Medical Center with some news. Either continue surgeries that would prolong my mom's decline due to breast cancer or stop treatment entirely and die. And this news came after one of the most painful surgeries and invasive surgeries that my mom had ever had in her life. Uh, another surgery that required her to get a port installed and to get chemo for almost a year and to just generally do the exhausting work of fighting cancer for a year and a half. It's exhausting work, and we really don't give people with cancer enough credit for it, but it is absolutely like getting beat up on a cellular level to have cancer. So this was hard news to receive. Either stop surgeries and die, or continue painful surgeries and you might live. And it was a big might. So my parents kind of had a meeting of their own. And then they called my sister and me downstairs to tell us what their decision was. And their decision was essentially, my mom is going to die. Uh, Not in a hospital, but at home of her own free will, where friends could come see her and family was still around listening to Christmas music and puttering up and down the stairs and clanging around in the kitchen. Um, But she was going to die. Like, this was the moment when we as a family acknowledged that this was an inevitable, unescapable reality. We didn't know at the time how much time we had, but we knew it was going to be sooner than any of us wanted. And, and that was really hard in its own ways. Um, this was one of the biggest days of my life. Like to, in terms of emotional energy, all kind of packed into a few minutes or even an hour. Like this was probably one of the most emotionally dense roller coastery days of my entire life. 
And the day itself, kind of the events that happen and the conversations that were had are going to be in my upcoming book, which is called Permission to Grieve. But for today's episode, you might be able to judge from the title of the episode, I'm going to kind of go in a different direction than the day itself. I want to tell you something really cool that happened after her death that relates to this day. So to kind of take you on a tangent for a second, um, chemo makes you not really want to eat. Chemo is its own kind of poison. And I know this is in so many memoirs about cancer and things like that. Um, but in addition to like not wanting to eat because of being on chemo, my mom was also working with a nutritionist while she was battling cancer. And so this nutritionist was trying to, um, only offer her system really fresh, really clean things. And so my mom was chomping down on like celery and salads and spinach and broccoli and all kinds of vegetables all the time. So she was just full of green things all the time. So her body could pull nutrients to, um, both fight against the cancer, but also to replenish her body for every bout of chemo that she had. And, uh, so she was kind of inundated with this, not wanting to eat, but also only eating health food at the same time. And what's interesting about December 19th is that on this day, when we got the news, my mom decided, in addition to deciding that she wanted to die or was going to die at home, um, that she really wanted pizza for dinner. We had no idea as a family that this was going to be the last meal that we ate all together. Um, we were doing some other stuff in the house. We were, uh, I think it was the end of the school season. So we were like sorting through the dining room. We were going through some other things in our house. Um, but my dad ordered pizza for dinner that night and we ate together as a family. And there wasn't anything incredibly remarkable about it. It was pizza straight out of the box, uh, from our favorite hometown delivery place. But apparently it was really special to her somehow because she let me know weeks after her death that it was really, really important to her. And yes, I did just say weeks after. So this whole series of events came about kind of randomly. Um, I was dating a woman at the time that my mom died and she kind of known, but also unbeknownst to me had a very, very strong intuitive gift. And she had a continuing relationship with her grandmother who had died years before. And along with her, uh, nieces had seen ghosts in their old house and friendly ones, of course, but not anything terrifying. But, um, she just had a very tuned in, tapped in experience of the world. And I don't remember exactly how she rolled this out to me, but a couple of weeks after my mom died, she either called me or texted me and said something along the lines of, I have something really, really weird to tell you, and I'm not sure how you're going to take it. And after everything that had happened, I was like, I just watched my mom die. Uh, so nothing can really be weirder than that. I was kind of ready to hear anything. Sometimes grief will do that to you. We're in a space where like, at this point, nothing would surprise me because everything that I never thought would happen just happened. And, um, I believe she was texting me and I was sitting in my living room at the time. And she told me this story about having a dream where my mother came to her and said five words and then smiled and left. And those five words were, thank you for the pizza. 
And I'm getting chills right now as I retell this story because it's so layered with meaning that my mother would choose to approach my girlfriend and not me, and that she would talk about pizza before she talked about anything else. Um, and I remember receiving this message from my girlfriend, and I absolutely believed it to be true. I knew that my mom was laughing and asking us to remember a meal together as a family and remember that it's okay to indulge sometimes. I also think on a deeper level, she died uh, without fully accepting my sexuality as uh, somebody who dated women, a woman who dates women. And so coming to my girlfriend before she came to me was a symbol in my book for me. Um, and then also being able to express joy and gratitude and remembering what happened in life kind of wherever she was in death was really powerful to me. Like, oh, you remember that you did have a family and that you ate pizza with us and that food was fun and important and spending time with family was really special to you. And that like you care enough to come back and see us or to send us messages. Like I, it's a huge fear after losing somebody that we love that we're never going to hear from them again. Of course, we never hear from them in the same way, but we hear from them in different ways. And this was the very first one for me, was thank you for the pizza. Um, so today, on the anniversary of a very, very hard day, I could remember so many things. I could remember the tears and getting to hug my mom with my sister for the last time and, you know, the fact that we did have a last meal together and the way she told my dad that she didn't want to leave him or leave us and... I could remember a lot of things today. I could choose to kind of hold in my mind's eye a lot of things today. But five years after her death, I'm choosing to remember on purpose, thank you for the pizza. And so today, on the anniversary of a very, very, very hard day, I'm going to have a pizza too. I hope you enjoyed this In the Meantime episode of Coming Back. Stay tuned for more insights, stories, and memories in the weeks between now and the Season 5 launch on January 2nd. If you'd like to receive additional grief support beyond this podcast, please consider supporting Coming Back on Patreon. Whenever you pledge, you are automatically entered to win my In the Meantime giveaway. Anyone who's a patron of Coming Back by December 31st, 2018, is automatically entered to win two copies of the grief book that totally changed my life, which is the Grief Recovery Method Handbook. In addition to the two books you'll win, I'll also send along a set of Coming Back podcast stickers and a handwritten thank you note straight from my desk. You can find a link to my Patreon page where you can pledge and enter to win for as little as $1 per month in the show notes. You can also find a link to my Patreon page by visiting my website, which is shelbyforsythia.com. Check out episode 64 of Coming Back if you'd like to hear more about the details of the Patreon giveaway and all the places I'll be between now and season five of Coming Back. That's all I've got for you for this episode of Coming Back in the meantime. I cannot wait to return to you with full-length episodes in January. 
while I'm away from the mic, you can find updates on me, this podcast, and all of my adventures on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and some extra behind-the-scenes stuff always on Patreon. If you'd like to leave a question, comment, or guest suggestion for a future episode, leave a voicemail or text 312-725-3043, or email me at shelby at shelbyforsythia.com. As always, my dear grief growers, it was beautiful sharing this space and time with you today. I see you, I am proud of you and the work that you're doing in the world, and I love you. Because even through grief, we are growing.